You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the eighth episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast. This is a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. We are recording this episode on uh, 12th of February um, at the close of um, the third test match between uh, England and West Indies, the last test match of that uh, series. Um, Thank you for all your support. Um, Keep listening to our podcast and introduce this to your uh, cricket-loving friends. You can find us on Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify and many other podcasting platforms. Uh, just search for uh, Armchair Cricket Podcast. Um, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts uh, and share your thoughts in the comment section. You can email us on armchair.cricket at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at armchaircrickpod. You can find us active on uh, Twitter during an ongoing match. Uh, you can join us there for a banter or a chat. Now, I have with me uh, Ajit. Hi, Ajit. How are you doing? How have you been? Hi, Giri. Good evening. I'm doing good. Uh, well, we've had a short turnaround between matches and mm. also between episodes for us, for sure. But yeah. uh, it's been actually a couple of hectic days at work for me, so I've not been able to catch up on all the cricket. I've caught up a little bit on highlights. But yeah, uh, yeah. how have you been? Uh, likewise, I've had a busy couple of days uh, to start off the week, um, but I have been trying my best to, you know, follow the test match that's been going on uh, between uh, West Indies and England, the last test match of the series. Um, yes, I think we so began. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into that a little bit uh, further. But you have something else to add before that, right? Yeah, of course. So mm-hmm. indeed. So before we go on to the tests, we can uh, quickly discuss the answer to the trivia question from last week. So the trivia question from last week was, what is the specific record that Wasim Jafar holds with respect to Ranji Trophy finals? So we did not get any answers this week either, but I'm going to tell the answer now. So the answer is that he has played 10 finals and won all 10 of them. And the record he holds with respect to this is that he has won this from two teams. So he has won eight Ranji Trophy titles with Mumbai and two titles with Vidarbha. So this is uh, the record he holds with respect to the uh, Ranji Trophy finals. So if you were to quickly just look at this amazing uh, player's career, right? So he, by the time he debuted, he'd already made a 400 not out as a 15-year-old. So he came into the Ranji Trophy team as a prodigy. And uh, in his very second match, he scored a 314 not out, right? Mm -hmm. So... He was partnered by Sulakshan Kulkarni, who was a very seasoned uh, cricketer by his time. And he said that he had a lot of, you know, a lot of attributes that would take him far. So in his very second match, he was able to stay 675 minutes at the crease to score his 314. So it was a fantastic, fantastic, you know, driver desk, if one may use this term. 11 hours, 675, right? So it's more than 10 hours. Amazing. This was like old school test or a first class cricket where he took two days and plus, right? So then, of course, he's also had a 
reasonable uh, test match career so he played uh, 31 tests for india scored 100, 1944 runs at an average which was slightly not so flattering so it was only 34 but he had 500s and 1150s and he had two double hundreds the top score of which was 212 for india right so yeah, but he was an opening batsman right opening batsmen yeah. tend to have a lower average uh, than the other middle order batsmen usually so, yes so yeah. uh, you are absolutely right but yeah but i think the figures don't do justice to his uh, talent Uh, this exactly. guy's talent yeah i think uh, most people feel the same so if you were to look at some of his other records on the first class scene in india so he is the comfortably the highest scorer in ranji trophy and he in the 2018 2019 season this last season crossed 11000 runs he has also played uh, 145 matches in uh, the first class level that is ranji matches and he has this is the highest number of matches played by anybody also i think he has the tally of the highest uh, centuries so 36 centuries that he has scored in ranji trophy is the highest so the, as i said this guy is truly an absolute uh, you know a giant in the indian yeah. first class scene and uh, rightfully he holds also a very unique record when it comes to finals that he has won 10 of them mm. right so it just just yeah. something to talk about for us so yeah, now yeah i think it's, it's- one more thing i mean, i think it's it's a, it's a stupendous record um so whichever team wants to win ranji trophy uh, in the, the upcoming season must hire him you know because he seems to bring uh, good luck with him wherever he goes good point man good point yeah. if they can lure him away from vidarbha yeah right so vidarbha yeah, but... hat trick so we don't know mm-hmm. that uh, and you know otherwise... when you when you were talking about this first class record uh, another my, uh, name uh, popped up in my mind uh, graham hick you remember his record I think he had one of the most prolific uh, first class records in county cricket. Exactly. That's a yeah. that's a very good uh, example you brought up. He, indeed, he was also sort of always, uh, you know, um if one of those people like Mark Ram mm. Prakash, you know, in the English uh, first class, let's say he was a giant yeah. of the English first class circuit, but he could not really convert it into his uh, you know, if you look at his stats probably they are a little bit more disappointing than uh, wasim yeah. jafar you know mm-hmm. he got to play 65 tests for england graham hick yeah. but he was mm-hmm. averaging only 31 mm-hmm. right i think england persisted with him a lot longer hoping that um, you know he's a, he's of zimbabwean descent and i think he set the world alight in 1989 or something when he yeah. went yeah. Uh, you know in 1991 i think also so he he was able to do quite a lot on the domestic scene so that's an excellent example i think so uh, he mm-hmm. played uh, 526 first class matches he can he average 52 in that and his highest score was also 400 right that's a very good example but if you compare it to his international record it's hardly anything so he played 120 odis yeah. and uh, his odi record was much good uh, much better you know average of 37 and he played in like 90s to 2000 so that was a reasonable record he retired around 2001 right yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's an excellent example thanks for bringing yeah. this up kiri always yeah Yeah so um, shall we move on to the next topic then I guess Yeah man go yeah. for it Right um so uh, um when we began this episode we mentioned uh, the last test match uh, that was happening between uh, England and West Indies at St mm-hmm. Lucia Um while we record this episode I think just minutes before this episode was recorded the game uh, the game came to a, a close um England wrapped up the match by um 232 runs um on the fourth day of the test match um just to sum up the whole test match so as we remember uh, when we started the previous episode we also mentioned this i think we covered the first day then so 
West Indies having won the toss, um, inserted England to bat. Um, England's top order did not do that well. Um, they had some good contributions. Uh, I think uh, Jennings was a failure again in the first innings. Uh, he got out cheaply. Uh, there were some starts by other batsmen like Burns, uh, Rory Burns, uh, Denley and Root, who made 20 of, uh, 29, 20 and 15 respectively. But they didn't you know, um, go ahead and convert that into a bigger score. Um, so they were, uh, I think, 100 and a bit down, 107 for four uh, when yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Root was out. Indeed. And then um, in came uh, Ben Stokes uh, and along with uh, Joss Butler, they put on, um, I think, a 125 run partnership, yeah. which kind of um, uh, rescued England uh, because it could have been so much worse for them had the West Indian bowling attack. Uh, you know, continued their uh, good uh, form. But then, yeah, they survived the onslaught and then they made sure England had a good score at the end of day's play, um, at the end of first day's play. And then the following morning, uh, I think West Indies bowlers came back very hard at them. So they, they also had a new ball, right? I mean, they, they the, the, I think uh, with a new ball, uh, uh, was that Kima Roach? No, that was, I think uh, Shannon Gabriel uh, broke through uh, Josh Butler's defences yes. and then uh, bowled him. And after that, uh, Stokes also got out cheaply. Uh, and basically, Kima Roach wiped out uh, the tail uh, in uh, double quick time. So I think England were bowled out for 277. Um, and when West Indies came out to bat, uh, they were, uh, I think they had very good intent. They were quite... Uh, cautious at the same time, they also look very comfortable um, against uh, Anderson and Broad. Um, so they had an opening partnership of 57 runs uh, with Carlos, sorry, uh, Craig Brathwaite. Craig Brathwaite. <laughs> I always uh, mention that name, Carlos, he's more popular, I guess. Yeah. Um, Craig Brathwaite and uh, uh, Campbell, John Campbell. Uh, they put on 57 runs and then uh, Against the run of play, you know, when Moin Ali was introduced uh, into the bowling attack, uh, Brathwaite um, tried to hoik one over the midwicket and then was holed out. And uh, with that started uh, the plunge uh, from the West Indies. Uh, immediately after, uh, the very next ball, uh, Campbell got out. And then this was the moment that changed the whole test match. I think uh, Mark Wood, the replacement, uh, bowler. Uh, I think he replaced yeah. uh, Sam Curran, right? Yeah, I think he replaced Sam Indeed. Curran. He came out uh, to bowl and then the, the, he basically terrorized the West Indian batsman. He bowled really fast um, and got the middle order uh, out very cheaply. I think uh, Shea Hope, Bravo, Rustin Chase and Hetmeyer got out in very quick succession. So they were all out. Uh, and I think by then West Indies were about six down for 79. Um, there, there was not much resistance down the order except for uh, uh, Dowrich, the wicketkeeper batsman. Mm -hmm. I think he played a good hand with 38 um, and only Kima Roach, <laughs> the bowler, managed to get into double figures. All the others were, uh, uh, you know, uh, easily um, um, either bowled out or uh, I think they, they got out very cheaply, basically. Um, Indeed. I think England bowlers finally bounced back on the back of the uh, good first innings batting display uh, by their batsmen. And the West Indies were bowled out for 154. And that was basically kind of 
game over for them because they held uh, i think they handed over a lead of uh, 120 runs or something like that uh, i don't remember how much it was uh, yeah it was around 120 you're right yeah. uh, 123 so that that so that was i think uh, advantage england from that point on uh, mm-hmm. and uh, when the england's uh, second inning started uh, west indies also lost a bowler uh, they lost uh, kimo Paul, because he, I think he had a quadriceps injury. In fact, so he, yes, was, he had yes. to be stretched off the field. Um, so they were a man down, uh, and um, with Roach, Gabriel, uh, Joseph, um, I think they they didn't have that the edge that they had in the first two test matches. I think they were also a little bit tired, and they were running out of ideas. Uh, so because especially they had uh, given you know handed a lead to uh, England in the first innings. I think they they didn't have much to do. I mean. Having said that, um, the English uh, openers uh, began cautiously, but uh, I think Burns, Rory Burns, got 10. Uh, Keaton Jennings was out after a start. He got a good start. I think he was 23, and then he got out. Um, mm-hmm. He was bowled by Joseph, and I mean, we have to wonder what's going to happen to this guy because he, I think England have persisted with him. Uh, we don't. I mean, I don't know if uh, he will be retained for the Ashes uh, in the summer. Oh, but then. No, I don't think so. Maybe we can revisit this yeah, towards the we, end of the discussion. Yeah, yeah. Let me just go through this scorecard uh, very quickly. Um, so Denley uh, made a 50. He made 59, 69. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally Joe Root uh, managed to uh, put some runs on the sc- put some runs on the board. So he made a very good century, 122. Uh, Cautious at the same time, he took the game away from uh, West Indies. If there was any uh, any outside chance that was quenched, basically. Uh, Squashed. Exactly. Sorry. Um, um, I think he was supported by Josh Butler, who made another 50. Uh, ben Stokes made a kind of a quick fire 48. And when Joe Root got out for 122, uh, they declared a 361 for five, mm-hmm. uh, leaving West Indies a target of 485. So it was only a matter of time when West Indies got came out to bat. You know, it was not a question of if; it was just a matter of when. Because West Indies had to bat like I think three plus two five sessions, I took five sessions and a little more, mm-hmm. um, and they yeah they didn't have a good first innings outing uh, with the bat, so they they already were uh, down on confidence. Um, the top order did not do well again. I think they were seventy six for five, uh, all of them <clears throat> getting out very cheaply. Um, yeah, especially. With the opening uh, spell by Anderson, Anderson was uh, amazing. Like uh, he is normally with the new ball. Um, I think the only resistance was from Roston Chase, who scored mm-hmm. an unbeaten century towards the end. Um, others like Atmeyer, Dowridge, uh, both of them got a start, but they didn't capitalize. Um, but it was a good tribute to Roston Chase, who had a good series actually, uh, also with the ball. He managed yeah. to score a century because. Uh, Um, yeah, I, I was worried. I mean, I was watching him score this, uh, uh, you know, uh, boundary with which he scored the century. Uh, he was running out of partners towards the end, yeah. and um, it was good on uh, Kimo Paul to come out and bat, you know, because he could have simply sat out, uh, as his injury was, I think, quite severe. But he came Indeed. out to bat, and then he supported him. Uh, so Roston Chase managed to score the century, and uh, in the end, uh, it was not enough, obviously. So West Indies were bowled out for 252. uh making uh, you know uh, leaving them 232 runs short of the target yes um man of the match was obviously mark wood for that fantastic 
fiery fastballing uh, spell, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which basically broke West Indian batting lineup. Uh, you know, I think it shattered their confidence as well. He was quite good. Um, player of the series, if you want to summarize the sum up the series uh, performance, I think Kima Roach was a standout and rightly um, a deserved uh, winner of that uh, title, player of the series, because he had a very good uh, series with the ball. Yeah. Um, in the end, West Indies took the series 2-1, uh, but England took away, uh, I think England had a lot to take away from this game because uh, they came back, I think they bounced back. Uh, West Indies were missing some key people like Jason Holder. Uh, yeah. But then, yeah. So that's basically the summary of the test match. Um, do you want to add uh, something more to this, Ajit? Yes. So I think uh, if you were to, I think you basically very nicely summarized the entire test match. Right. So if you were to just pick up where we had sort of started discussing, so Keaton Jennings, uh, he had a very unsatisfactory test match. I think he was very lucky to get this chance, right? But he couldn't really make it count. So uh, eight out of 43 in the first uh, innings, he looked very yeah. unconvincing, very scratchy. In the second innings, he looked a bit more comfortable. He scored 23 out of 99 and nearly 100 balls. But the strike rate, first of all, is very low. You know, mm-hmm. especially when you're 120 ahead, it's a different mindset you out, go out with, right, as openers. You think if you put on 50 quickly, the opposition is really down. Uh, he was not able to provide this sort of, a, let's say, an opening for the England uh, second innings. So, really does not augur well for him. And uh, if I were to look at um, his career, I think it may have stalled at this point in time. He may have to go back to the basics, go back to his coaches with whom he played during school days or during his county days. And then he'll have to sort of build his, uh, you know, technique back up. Because what we were told is he had changed his technique a little bit. And it was sort of working for him, was what we were told when he came back to the team. Uh, it looks like those changes have really not been very effective because he has somehow become a blocker. He's completely kept out all the shots. You know, there are test match batsmen who have been very successful doing that. But they always had like two or three get out of jail shots. Or Steve Ward did it. So when Steve was dropped for the first time, he was dropped for the first time, I think, around 1991 for his own twin, Marqua, right? This was already a very successful cricketer, yeah. but he had to reinvent himself, but he did. And then he was a completely successful cricketer. So you can never write anybody off, but this is already the second chance Keaton Jennings had, has had, and it looks a bit tough for him. You know, that's something, some small things about Jennings. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you were to look at the overall picture of the test match, you were right that, you know, the West Indies were really fired up in the second morning. They were able yeah. to take, you know, the initiative and England were in a hostile hour and a half session. England were bowled out for the addition of just 46 runs. So mm-hmm. when you have two set batsmen, 50 plus each, you can expect that, you know, the team is able to stretch it out to 400 or even 350 plus. But West Indies really blew them out of the water on the second mm-hmm. morning. Right? This was good. You are right when you pointed out that Gabriel sort of started the whole thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Um, uh, if you look at also then, of course, Roach took over. You already mentioned it nicely. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to the West Indian batting, I think the pitch was considerably faster by the second and the third day, I think. right? So it looks like you are right. I think that back-to-back dismissals of the two openers, Brathwaite and Campbell, may have been yeah. very dangerous or may have been detrimental because that began that spell of wood, you know, completely running through the England. West Indian batting lineup, the middle order at least. So, single-digit scores all the way through. So, in effect, they lost. They were uh, no wicket for 57 and they were suddenly 
you know, uh, six wickets for 79. So that sort of a collapse is very tough to resist. I think mm. if anything, Dowrich and maybe Roach can be given a little bit of credit there, you know, yeah. because Wood was still very rampant. So I was reading on Twitter somewhere that, you know, the cricket prof, this is a user who probably blogs also with Quiz, And this person uh, made a statistical comment that, uh, you know, Mark would bowl a very short number of uh, balls or very short spell in the first innings. It was hardly 8.2 over, so it's only about 50 balls, right? Mm-hmm. He conceded 41 runs, but the most interesting thing was he took five wickets. So it was an yeah. absolutely impactful couple of spells. But what they pointed out was in 50 balls, 87% of his balls were above 140, right? Wow. That's a fantastic number. And uh, even if you could do this many times... This is what, you know, Mitchell Johnson brought to the game. This is what Stark at his best does. You bowl 90 plus. This is a right arm fast bowler, of course. But you have this menace that you bring to the crease, right? I think Shannon Gabriel did it uh, in one of the tests previously. So even in this test in the second morning, Shannon Gabriel probably did it, right? So uh, you can see that's what a really fast bowler can bring to the... And I think... Mark would probably really gave a lot of joy to the England supporters because the series was lost. But this guy comes back. He's also a guy who's been in and out of the team. He has had injury issues. So, first of all, he showed his match fit and he's able to bowl this sort of an impact spell. If you can imagine this was the first or the second test match of the series, the series course could have been changed. You know, as you said, West Indies looked down and out and they looked completely... It was the same bowling attack. Okay, There was no holder. That was a big difference in the field and also also in the attack. But... Mm. They look completely out of it just because they lost Kimo Paul, who was actually very special also in the first innings, to be frank. He had already made the breakthrough. He had given the breakthrough of Rory Burns. But then once he was sort of hurt, they they ran out of ideas. And the hero from the first test, Roston Chase, bowled 31 overs, but they just milked him around at almost 3 and over, right? And then, of course, all the fast bowlers got a bit frustrated. They got a bit angry. And, you know, Gabriel sort of probably uttered something he shouldn't have by the looks of it. So... What he said, we really couldn't hear. Uh, the stump mic did not capture it. But what it really did capture was uh, Joe Root's reply. So at about 1.30 for two in England's innings, second innings, right, when they were toiling away, I think um, Shannon Gabriel seems to have made a homophobic comment of some sort, to which uh, Joe Root replied by saying, um, don't use gay as something derogatory. There's nothing wrong about it or some something to this effect, right? So unfortunately, this has been picked up by the match referee and the umpires. And uh, Shannon Gabriel has been charged with uh, under the section 2.13 of the ICC Code of Conduct. So I think now, uh, even as we speak, he's in the master of chamber explaining himself. <laughs> uh, this is one thing. And uh, well, as you were pointing out uh, outside this call, something funny, something yeah. Gorilla Cricket, our uh, friends keep saying, it looks like England are now struggling to find openers because South Africa... Uh, you know, aren't producing any good ones. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So, I mean, or they have enough good openers that they keep it, keep it to themselves. They can't export any. <laughs> yeah, openers. yeah. It's a very yeah, look. Look at all the openers they have had. Uh, English team. I think Keaton indeed. Jennings was also born in South Africa. Oh, he's born of a South African father. Yes, yes. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, uh, Andy Strauss. Yes. Uh, Nick Compton. Who? Yes. Was yeah, also Nick Compton. Yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, number three, Jonathan Trott was also... Trott, yes, was also yeah. African descent. So all these yeah. top-order batsmen, you know, they, they seem to come across uh, you know, from, from the southern hemisphere. So <laughs> they're missing out. Right. Uh, that's a nice, you know, funny point. But if you want to get back to the 
what england were able to achieve so again in the fourth innings they were really successful when they began i think anderson again working his magic this guy has been all the way there and stuart broad was really unlucky i thought this test he bowled fantastic level in both the innings i think mm-hmm. he beat the bat i don't know 30 40 times on another day he would have gotten a 5 4 in both the innings probably yeah. so it was a really unlucky test for him but still really the anderson really broke through the west indian top order in the second innings and that ensured that they wouldn't get a solid start even like the first innings for example right mm-hmm. so uh, for me i think the john campbell was very promising but i think the maturity will come let's hope because in the first innings his dismissal was very crucial if he had stayed behind i don't think west indies yeah. suffered such a bad collapse at the hand of wood you know yeah. he was fast but i think john campbell would have hit out and some of woods venom would have been taken out you know this is one thing of yeah. course when it comes to roston chase i have nothing but a lot of grudging respect for this guy if you remember i think 2017 when india toured i think he scored his first 100 against india that was also yeah. fourth innings 137 right and yeah. they drew the match he was able to get the match to a draw so um that was one thing then if you remember last year against pakistan he nearly saved a test match by batting a day and a half and then with like seven balls or eight balls left in the test match sharan gabriel who was again number 11 in that match mm-hmm. tried to hit and try failed to clear off i think if you remember one of the spinners bowling a hit to deep mid wicket and he was dismissed and um in uh, i think fazir mohammad who was on the radio commentary at that point in time what have you done what have you done gabriel or something like this he shouted why has he done this or something very iconic it i think it will stay with you it's like one of those uh, carlos brathwaite remember his name moments you know comment yeah, yeah yeah so i have a lot of respect he doesn't average much his average is only about 33 if you look at his batting average but there is a big difference he's one of those rare batsmen whose fourth innings average is higher than his any other innings average so he averages 47 in the fourth innings even though his overall career average is only 33 so these are the really important batsmen who would come to the rescue of the team so i think three of his uh, five uh, hundreds are made in the fourth innings that's again a very rare stat right yeah. this guy and i think even though so sort of they could have collapsed to 110 all out you know the test match was lost it was very clear the total was too tall to be chased down so i would like to give a little bit of a little bit of kudos to the west indian team that they hung on they made 250 in the fourth innings which is not a bad score right and also i think the tail kept chase company so that uh, even even gabriel tried to hang around for about 30 minutes i think so that chase could yeah. go on and when he was dismissed chase was on 98 so it was uh, there was a moments confusion whether the innings ended or not then you see this guy limping out came up all so you have to give him credit as well and the management of the west indian team right they were able to tell that guy and he was able to accept it so just go out block a couple of balls it, he only had to block one ball in that over right and then it was stokes mm-hmm. bowling i think and then yeah. chase would get strike and that's exactly what happened and chase got his 100 right and this yeah, guy tried yeah. to swing got a couple of boundaries and got out that that was that that was okay in the end that was okay exactly yeah. but you still went to 252 even though you were you know it, it could have easily subsided to nothing from 4 for 31 you would have you could have been a 100 all out but that's the one thing i would like to and this this quality of, i very much appreciate so even though when chips appear completely down and the team is appears completely lost you don't give up this is what right. i like chase and also this yeah. mm. if you could imagine kimo paul probably is injured but if in this place there was holder and maybe something could have been achieved if holder had stayed you know in that team so they could have saved really, the match you can think uh, you think don't know when miracles mm. to happen and 
once or twice a year at least there is one team that somehow bats out a day and a half or almost two days to save a test match right yeah like 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 a, test, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm. and i told you west indies themselves did it uh, two yeah. years before against india so this is all possible only thing uh, i think they really missed holder so mm-hmm. it really showed in their approach also in when they ran out of ideas for example right yeah, yeah. so yeah. the other other positive for england in this test match is that finally jorut was able to score 100 if he had not scored even a 50 in this innings this would have been his only series in his entire career in which he would have scored neither a 15 or a 100 so he was able to you know rectify that he was still mm-hmm. able to keep that record to zero so he scored 100 and also with just two tests remaining then to ashes i think he just made sure there is a lot of a lot of those fears in the england fans and selectors minds were calmed you know mm-hmm. that's one thing and also you can't underestimate the twin 50s that joss butler made right yeah absolutely so both yeah. in the first innings and in the second innings and i think stokes was able to sort of break out of his shell i think he's been in a shell i think this was his highest score somebody pointed out on twitter since he was in all that court case right Yeah. So he he's able to come out of it, and Joe Denley I think did enough to make sure he probably gets a seat on the Ashes tour, you know. Yeah, must have so, been enough, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. I mean, if you were to quickly quickly look at this, you know, if you were to quickly go through what would be the eleven for Ashes, or at least the Ireland Test, so England play a test against Ireland before Ashes starts. So you would expect this very eleven. I would take out Jennings, put uh, let's say Fox in it because Fox is a more pure keeper. and he adds mm-hmm. it to the batting right delhi opens in open and folks would put in folks yeah he may come in but for no, me no i meant who is going to open with uh, ah, rohit burns sorry delhi would i think okay this is my opinion right he already he was a chosen as an opener in this series yeah, after yeah, all. yeah. so i think they would uh, you know risk him at uh, number mm-hmm. one i mean sam robson has been doing good he might be put in the squad but he might not get to play right away same with folks I think he's very unlucky to miss out because would with this performance he is able to secure his let's say if he stays fit. And yeah. of course one last thing I would like to point out Moin Ali's contribution in this test. He's been very quiet but he sco- he, t- he took seven wickets this test. He was the ideal yeah. foil for first wood in the uh, first innings and then in the second innings he again took three wickets and he was able to make the breakthroughs. They went after him of course. Yeah. but that's what you as a spinner you expected to really come into the game in the third and the fourth innings right yeah. a lot of good lot of good positives as far as england are concerned but i think west indies will really be happy about what they were able to achieve this test series yeah anything to add here giri no i think you covered basically everything <laughs> i think uh, no no yeah. no not just that but i think uh, they play ashes uh, in uh, in the summer so they have a bit of time off uh, for the that test in especially Um, so that the one day series will come up i think that's coming up next week so we'll yeah. probably do a preview on that uh, in our upcoming episode yeah. indeed yeah. okay now if you we were to quickly go forward i think we can take a quick look at the new zealand uh, right new zealand yeah, new zealand 20s yeah the last so 20s. the last t20 uh, new zealand and india uh, it was played at hamilton uh, it was a close game it was a high scoring game um, uh-huh. <clears throat> um i think the 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 end result looks uh, in new zealand's favor uh, it probably is a fair result uh, mm-hmm. new zealand won the match by four runs having scored 212 uh, in their uh, when they batted and india could only uh, uh, you know could, could was four runs short in the end like i said but um uh, so the, i think new zealand top order fired this time colin munro i think 
uh, finally mm-hmm. came good. Uh, I think he had a couple of failures in the previous two matches. So this time, uh, not failures, but he, he didn't score as well as he was expected to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the keeper, uh, Seifert, Team Seifert, I think he was all, he was also very good. Uh, so they had a very nice uh, batting um, display, and uh, yeah, I think it was a good batting pitch. Uh, mm-hmm. Very nice. The ball was coming on very nicely onto the bat. Uh, so they came up with 212. For India, I think the the bowlers who did well was uh, Bhuvneshwar Kumar and uh, Kuldeep Yadav. Kuldeep Yadav, uh, especially because uh, he got two wickets for 26 runs in his four overs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, I think in the when uh, India played, uh, I think when India came out to bat, um, I, I think until Rohit Sharma was there, uh, India had a very good chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were well in control, in fact. So when Ro- uh, <clears throat> the opening partnership did not uh, materialize this time, I think Shikhar Dhawan was out very quickly for. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, I think he was out even in the first over. So, Indeed. Santner was a spinner bowling the first over and then he got out. Uh, square. Yeah. yeah. Hold out. But um, <clears throat> Rohit Sharma and Vijay Shankar, uh, they, I think they, they played a very good uh, partnership. Uh, both of them, uh, Rohit Sharma made 38 runs, uh, but he was playing more of a second fiddle to uh, Vijay Shankar. Vijay mm-hmm. Shankar played some beautiful shots, ex- exquisite shots uh, in his innings of 43. Um, so, and they were kind of proper cricketing shots because he was playing most of his shots with a straight bat, not cross batted heaves or uh, hoiks uh, yep. or anything like that. So, um, when Vijay Shankar got out, uh, Rishabh Pant walked in. Rishabh Pant made a played a cameo, 28 runs. Um, um, when Pant got out, I think Rohit Sharma followed him very quickly. Hardik Pandya came out to bat and he was there for a, an over or two, and then he got out. Dhoni failed. Um, so it was down to Karthik and uh, Krunal Pandya, the other Pandya, the uh, mm-hmm, older, mm-hmm. elder, elder brother. Um, and together, I think they made a match of it. I think they they took India very close, very very close Indeed. to uh, the total. But in the end, they I think they were one one shot away. Uh, maybe exactly. they had a couple of uh, deliveries. Um, I, I was watching the last over of this match, and then I saw, uh, you know, Dinesh Karthik turned down a single. Uh, because he wanted to take the strike, and then uh, Krunal Pandya, in fact, ran to the batsman, uh, batsman's end, and then came back to the non-striker's end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, in fact, ran two runs there. <laughs> um, but he was, yeah, I think Karthik thought he could uh, finish it off, uh, but not to be. Uh, but take nothing away from New Zealand. I think they bowled well. Uh, they uh, held their nerve, um, and they managed to win this uh, match as well as the series two-one. Mm-hmm. Um, for his explosive innings at the top of the order, Colin Munro was uh, awarded man of the match. And player of the series, a revelation, Team Seifert, the wicketkeeper batsman from New Zealand, he was awarded the player of the series. Uh, yeah. Um, so um, I think uh, it was it was uh, not a bad T20 uh, series to be honest. I think it was a closely fought uh, series compared to the ODI series. I think ODI was more lopsided. I think India blew away New Zealand there, but this mm-hmm. was a better fight. I think it was a close fight, and uh, in, uh, New, Z- New Zealand came out on top. So, fair reflection of uh, the skills and uh, skills that were on display. Indeed, um, yeah. you've uh, summarized the match really nicely. I would like to add a couple of small things here and there. You know, mm-hmm. first thing, um, I think India continued to play with sort of their uh, 
you know second uh, lineup or let's say india b strength. lineup yeah yeah second strength india b is a bit harsh let's not use that term <laughs> but i think ahmed was allowed to gain a bit more confidence and a bit more exposure at the international level to see if this guy could be taken to the world cup right yeah and then um the pandya brothers were always there i think t20 i think krunal pandya has made it his own as one mm-hmm. of the you know, steady players and now also he showed his value with the bat this match right that was a very good contribution the really the rele- the revelation as far as i was concerned in this match was kuldeep yadav so he was really fantastic on that pitch true pitch so first of all this pitch had already seen a t20 between the ladies right so this pitch stayed true till the last ball was bowled all 80 overs the pitch was true and i think once the once the new zealand batsman got the uh, let's say the idea of how the pitch was behaving uh, i think maybe another spinner could have really 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 helped india's cause but they didn't have one they had only two spinners what was a bit surprising is pandya got to bowl his four overs i would have tried a over or two of vijay shankar vijay shankar I, yeah. yeah 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 it was a bit you know ahmed was a bit costly but he was sort of finishing the innings but then in the middle overs when pandya was bowling the 15 16 i was not understanding what was happening maybe vijay shankar could have bowled and i don't see anybody else in this lineup who could even roll an arm over for a couple of you know slow slow overs there weren't any that was the real problem for india right mm-hmm. this is one of the things i noticed the other thing you are absolutely right vijay shankar played a fantastic innings but then rohit sharma could not at all accelerate so what happens is rohit sharma usually he holds himself back and you would expect by the time uh, vijay shankar is getting out or by the time vijay shankar is sort of picking up his momentum and then maybe he gets out rohit sharma is already firing at the other end but then rohit sharma never did that this match so uh, i think he attracted a little bit of criticism from fans and also commentators because uh, 32 balls for 38 is very less when you consider that you know the, you have to score more than 210 in them Mm. and you're chasing so uh, in this case that that was a little little unexpected from him and you are I absolutely think, uh, right i think he allowed others to play around him uh, i think he allowed vijay shankar to play around him basically vijay shankar and rishabh pant he that played right. a, i think he had a specific role i think he wanted to stay there uh, till the end maybe until the 15th over or so you, i think you are right he wanted to finish the match in the last exactly. quarter yeah but i think that was already a bit too late because mm. if he had let's say 48 out of 32 i know it's a lot to ask that would mm. give him a strike rate of 150 but mm. even if he had let's say 45 that could be the difference if you can imagine in india winning mm. and losing right mm. this is one of the things the other thing indeed pant and pandya i thought played a fantastic cameo both both of them played a good cameo if either of them had lasted a couple more balls we don't know what would have happened dhoni failed unfortunately right. probably his last innings in new zealand right i don't yeah. think he'll really tour new zealand as an india player again yeah. and that's that so the, like, no, i think you could uh, one more thing it. i want to mention ajit sorry um, yeah. um so uh, the dismissals of uh, rishabh pant and hardik pandya especially rishabh pant and uh, rohit sharma in mm-hmm. quick su- succession was actually down to uh, this guy uh, tickner the new uh, bowler yeah uh, yeah i don't know his full name is was a brent or brett ben? i think brett okay brett tickner he bowled very good line and length i think along with uh, kugline these two guys bowled a couple of tight overs and then uh, the asking rate went more than 12 12 an over and then suddenly they they had to play a rash shot they had to play a shot and then they got out uh, eventually uh, because of that so th- these two guys bowled really well in tandem for a couple of overs and that was i think the moment when the game uh, game turned on its head and uh, new zealand uh, uh, you know got the control indeed. back yeah indeed and a small correction he's blair Tickner, Blair. Okay, sorry, sorry about yeah. that. I was not aware of his first name either. So he's a yeah. debutant, right? I think he's a debutant. 
Yes, I think yeah. he did good in his first game. I think in a game where uh, the opposition requires more than 10, if you have finished your quota with uh, one wicket and under nine and over, I think you've done really well, right? Yeah. So, uh, one of the other small things, I think New Zealand also understood that there was they shouldn't be giving pace on the ball to India at the beginning. That's why Satner opened and I think he got the wicket of Shikhar Dhawan, right? And then, well, I think the last point is that Karthik... I think I think you pointed uh, this out to me off uh, offline. He lost to school in the first half of Saudi's over. Otherwise, he would have probably hit that additional win, winning hit, you know, the boundary or a sixer. The first three balls, I think he lost to school when a wide was denied, you know. And you are right, you know, that that may have cost India the match. Just a quick summary of, you know, we can go on about this. But if you were to look at the series overall, uh, Seifert was rightly named the man of the series, right? He had the highest score. And of course, Colin Munro also finally got into some runs. When you look at the bowlers, Ahmed was the highest wicket-taking uh, bowler in the series. Mm-hmm. And he was tied top three with Darrell Mitchell and Pandya. So, you know, overall, it was a very tight series. And it unfortunately ended uh, with India losing it. But I think India, considering that they were playing with their second string attack, they must be happy. You know, this is not mm-hmm. a bad re- result overall. They, it, it could have been 3-0 or something. But I think they, they, they did it well, right? Yeah. So this is looking at the men's tour, yeah, right. But if I were to quickly summarize what happened with the women's match, because women also, as we said, we were playing, uh, they were playing on the same pitch. So uh, women lost the series three nil. The Indian women, they were already, uh, they had already lost uh, the series two nil. And uh, with the last match beginning, I think they decided that they would correct some mistakes with the selection, and they allowed uh, Mithali Raj a chance mm-hmm. to play. Uh, I think keeping in mind that they would focus on the 2020 World Cup, the Women's World Cup, T20 in 2020, I think that's why sort of they have been keeping Mithali Raj out. This is what I read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they have been trying to give options to new people. Punia, who's a new player, she was really not successful, but she was very uh, successful in the domestic uh, series. That's why she was given an opportunity, I read. But in the last match, uh, so New Zealand batted first and made 161. And again, Sophie Devine, the opener, who finished the man of the series, she, or women of the series. She was uh, also the man of the, the woman of the match, or the player of the match. Of and the this match. person, she played fantastically to give uh, New Zealand a flying start. And even though there were not many big contributions down the order, you know, the captain again made a satellite tweet. She made 31. So they got to 161. This was sort of par score on that pitch. As you can, you later saw on the uh, men's match, what was the par score. So, um, Indian women, again, the middle order was not really firing. So, Smriti Mandana had a fantastic series, really, really good series. She was really scoring well, but there was nobody supporting her. Jemima Rodriguez supported her a little. And finally, Mithali Raj, who was inducted into the team, could not win the match. She made 24 runs of 20 balls. And in the end, I think Deepthi Sharma hit out. But between them, they came really close. And it looks like, you know... Uh, the men showed uh, the women's team they could always do better than what the women could do. So if the women lost by two runs, the men decided they lose by four runs. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. this is just a quick summary of the women's game. And uh, some interesting stats. Again, if you look at it, between Mandana and Rodriguez, right? these two batters scored 71% of Indian women's scores in the entire T20 series. That showed how bad the middle order was. Harman Preetkaur had a shocker of a series, the first one, I think, in her career. That was a bit surprising. But uh, also, there were some selectorial issues, but I think they're going to sort it out shortly because they're trying to experiment a little. Right? They were really 
encouraged by the one day series results so they tried to encourage they tried to be a bit more experimentative in the t20 format and probably it backfired so before we move on i think one quick uh, mention about this uh, posters that appeared in the first and the second t20 internationals in the you know between the men and women uh, both the matches right so there were these um, basically i think first uh, t20 had a banner saying no means no and the person who held the banner was ejected and in the second t20i we saw wake up new zealand cricket hashtag me too i think this might be in reference to scott cookland playing in the new zealand team and uh, previously he has been tried and acquitted for in a rape trial which started in uh, may 2015 but ended in february 2017 so uh, he was not uh, convicted but i think the people who were closely associated with the uh, person the female in question were not probably happy so these were sort of indicative of that and uh, you know it's, it's it's not a nice thing but i think they may have a point and unfortunately uh, this goes on quite a lot and maybe they are trying to also raise awareness rather than target any player you know it could be seen that way what are your thoughts on this kitty um bro uh, i do i have to be politically correct you don't have to be be yourself yeah. no but the thing is uh, if uh, this guy cogline was uh, tried and acquitted um we have to accept that right if if he was tried uh, <clears throat> fairly and uh, the result in the end was that he was acquitted then i think uh, that should be it i mean i understand there may have been some uh, uh, you know some maybe it's still an open topic for us, the uh, you know uh, the people who made the accusation or somebody related to that but indeed uh, i think we may have to move on you're right yeah. you're absolutely right Yeah, that's just a small talking point from that series. So we've covered the India versus New Zealand, both men and women series. Now, if you we were to move on, we could quickly take a look at the upcoming uh, one-day series. Bangladesh are already in New Zealand, right? So they'll be starting uh, one-day international later today or early tomorrow, depending on how you look at it, on 13th. Yeah. So I, I was just looking at the teams. It looks like Bangladesh are coming into New Zealand with a good, good record because compared to New Zealand, who've lost. their last uh, out of the last five matches they only won one and they were playing at home bangladesh have won four matches and lost only one but uh, they are coming into new zealand with a very bad record at least when it comes to one day airs because they have never you know won a one day international in new zealand right and if you look at it from the flip side new zealand have never won a one day international in bangladesh from 2012 or something so they have, they have some very interesting records in each other's countries Right. but if you look at this this lineup i think new zealand team you know if you remember what happened to sri lanka after uh, india left the shores of australia i'm afraid this might be repeating in this case to bangladesh now that india have left new zealand so the uh, the new zealand one day team is very very competitive and they are also probably a bit frustrated yeah. right and they may take it out on this bangladesh team but having said that we can't take the bangladesh team lightly simply because they have some good they have some good experience in that team even though they lost shakib al hasan to an injury finger injury at the last minute they are able to still bring in mustafizur rahim and mashafa murtaza they also don't have that um, youngster the very quick uh, fast bowler who was also a star in the bpl i forget his name now so he is not there unfortunately he is also out with an injury he is a very young bowler so but they still have a very good bowling lineup and with murtaza being the skipper and shabir rahman makes a comeback it looks like they are having a good you know team so mm-hmm. it might be 
more than a competitive series. I wouldn't uh, write Bangladesh off. That's all I can say. So let's see how it goes. So and they start their first match tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Another uh, quick uh, note is the um, first test between South Africa and Sri Lanka, and I think this also starts tomorrow, if I'm not yeah. wrong. Okay. Yeah, it, it so, does start tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have not really looked into this too much, but again, I think Sri Lanka will find it very difficult if you were to just look at their performances over the last couple of series, and South Africa are on the up. So I think Sri Lanka will have to dig really deep and mm-hmm. try to come up with a good batting performance to even remain relevant, right? Yeah. This is how I would look at this series if I were to just wrap it up in a. But 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 uh, the first test match is played at Durban, which uh-huh. is traditionally less pacey and uh, more spinner friendly. I see. So I see. maybe you know Sri Lanka can do something here, although I'm not sure if the batting will uh, match that. But let's see. I mean, I'm I'm curious to see what will happen. All right. Um, All right. So let's see. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Um, a short roundup of other things that are uh, going on in the cricket sure. world. Yeah. Um, so the Big Bash League is uh, drawing up to a close um, this week, uh, towards the end of this week. So the semi-finals will be played uh, on the 14th February and the 15th February um, uh, between um, Hobart Hurricanes and uh, Melbourne Stars. In the first semi-final, and uh, Melbourne Renegades and uh, Sydney Sixers in the second semi-finals. Defending champions, as we know, um, Adelaide Strikers, uh, they were knocked out, or they, they didn't even qualify for the semis. Um, and uh, the 17th will be the finals. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think it's going to be interesting because there are two teams from Melbourne, uh, which can potentially uh, end up being the finalists, who can potentially end up being the finalists. Uh, so, but Hobart Hurricanes, they have a very good side, uh, led by Matthew Wade and Darcy Short. Um, uh-huh. uh, also, Jofra Archer, you know. Of course, um, of course. In, the, in their team. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, coming coming to Wade again, okay, this guy was, uh, I think he's the, in the top three uh, batsmen, right, in, in terms of run scored in this uh, Big Bash League, in this edition of the Big Bash League. Mm-hmm. And you just, I mean, I have mentioned this earlier in one of our previous podcasts, why Indeed. this guy is not part of the Australian ODI or T20 setup. Maybe T20, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, he deserves a chance, I think. Darcy Short is, of course, part of the squad, which will um, which will play against India. Uh, when was that? Was that next month? Uh, that was in uh, March, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or towards the end of this month, indeed, towards the end of February already. Huh? Um, and um, yeah, the other disappointing thing was, or the, the other uh, event that happened during this Big Bash was uh, Perth Scorchers fast bowler, fast bowling all rounder uh, Nathan Coulton Isle uh, suffered from vertigo and he had to undergo tests. And this guy is part of the ODI squad, which uh, will visit India uh, indeed. in the uh, upcoming days. So it's going to be interesting uh, if he will uh, be able to play. Or if it's just a minor thing. Uh, Let's hope it's something minor and he's able to yeah. recover or he's past yeah. it. Um, the other bowler that has been included in place of uh, Mitchell Stark, uh, mm-hmm. Kane Richardson, he mm-hmm. is the the leading wicket taker in this uh, Big Bash uh, uh, in this edition. So he's, he's got the most number of wickets. So he's in good form. Okay. Uh, uh, touring India, I think it's it's going to be uh, good. I, he's also played a lot of IPL cricket, so he knows the grounds and uh, the pitches there. So. Indeed. So that's about Big Bash. Uh, I think in our next episode, we'll probably see who will who will have won uh, 
uh, this edition. Indeed. Um, it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, amongst other things, uh, in one of our previous episodes, we also mentioned uh, about the Netherlands touring uh, Oman and India. So we have yeah. some details now. Um, so Netherlands will uh, will visit Oman this week. So they, they are already in Oman, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they will play T20 against Scotland um, uh, in Oman tomorrow, or yeah. Wednesday, th- 13th of February, and then they will play a uh, T20 against Oman themselves on Friday, uh, the mm-hmm. 15th. And on Sunday, uh, the 17th, they will play a T20 against Ireland. Okay. And after that, interestingly, they visit India. They go on a tour of India. And uh, on 21st of February, 23rd of February, 25th, 27th, and 28th, on five different days, uh-huh. apparently they play against um, our home team, you know, back home, Karnataka. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So this is supposed to be 50 over games. I don't know which um, Karnataka squad they will come up against, uh, whether it's going to be the Ranji team or whether it's uh, one of the other subdivisions. Uh, so it could very well be the, mm-hmm. you know, the highest team, the list A team or the you know, one day team of Karnataka. Yeah, I, I don't have all the details. Yeah, I don't have all the details on this. So I'll keep okay. uh, an eye on this uh, to see what uh, this will uh, entail. So that, that will probably come up with more details in uh, one of the next episodes when they oh. when they're already in India. So it's going to be interesting. Um, success, uh, Mensa. Oh, yeah. Uh, to Why? our uh, Dutch uh, cricketers. Um, so do well. Now, I think you've, you should, you deserve a little bit of kudos here because it's not easy to locate these uh, records. They're not as easily available as any of the other international teams records. So I think you deserve a bit of kudos there for doing all the research and getting it out, right? And let's see, maybe we can also follow up in one of the upcoming episodes. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. if you were to look at the other things, you know Darren Bravo's new song, Kiri, Asia, have you heard it? I've only heard his uh, song called Champion. Yes. Or Champion. Uh, is it Champion or Champion? I would say it's, uh, it's, it's Champion. It's not a mushroom. I'm <laughs> not Champion, no. It's no, just no. Champion, okay. I think. Okay. But anyway, this one is called Asia. Have you heard this at all? It's it's now making the rounds on YouTube and other uh, social media platforms. Asia, okay. No, I've, I've, I haven't heard this, to be honest. Sorry. <laughs> well, what's it about? It's about Asia and his uh, friends in Asia. It's basically, I mean... It's a serial name drop with some occasional other <laughs> words thrown in. It sounded okay. like years. So he says, uh, I mean, I mean, frankly, I don't have a lot of respect for Bravo as a musician, right? Okay. I really respect him as a cricketer, maybe also as a marketeer of his own brand. Brand Bravo. Is it Darren He's... Bravo or Dwayne Bravo? No, it's Darren Bravo. Oh, it's Dwayne Bravo. My bad. It's Dwayne Bravo, the older yes, right? Yes, not, yes. not, not, uh, not, not the younger the... Bravo. No, definitely no, not. Okay. Hmm. Younger half brother. Right. So <laughs> I was wondering how this guy also started singing. Following well, the footsteps maybe of he, his. Uh... Maybe he does a better job than the older brother, but we will, <laughs> that remains to be seen. So, um, going back to the song, it's, it's yeah, I, I told you he refers to it content by, or country by country. He says, in Sri Lanka, I have Sangakkara and then Mahela as a friend, and in India, he has Kohli and Dhoni as a friend, and Pakistan, he has Shahid Afridi as a friend, so on and so on, right? And I think Afridi tweeted about it and even said this song is better than his first song. Um, <laughs> I don't right. know. If it means does, does that mean he understood the song or uh... I think so. You okay. could actually have hit the nail on the head. Maybe this this made more sense to Shahid Afridi. He was able to easily understand it. Okay. Or you could take a look at it as saying he 
found it nicer because he was included in it i don't know i don't know how to interpret it yeah, it's but again, song, it's more of a tribute song then for sure no shahid afridi is there in the song he's his friend from pakistan so yeah right. so this guy is truly i mean look i mean i can joke all about it but uh, i think he is very good when it comes to marketing his music right mm-hmm. and he has a lot of friends truly i'm now mm-hmm. expecting another song from the southern hemisphere so we'll see if it comes and maybe we get to hear a lot more name drops in the other who, one with all the songs who will do that from southern hemisphere uh, maybe bravo i mean his first song is called asia second song maybe oh yeah okay uh, like that okay hmm. with Australia all the songs and then south africa and uh, all that yeah okay. also west indies so we'll see we'll see uh, maybe there were enough west indian cricketers in his first song we don't know anyway so this is just a small topic to discuss and then last one and i would like to go through this very weird incident where this uh, delhi selector and former india bowler amit bhandari was attacked when he was sort of witnessing another t20 match right so this specific player right uh, yeah. whose name is anuj dheda he came and he asked why he was not selected apparently the delhi uh, team's probables were released one day before for the ranji okay. uh, upcoming season and he this person was not a part of this uh line up of this probables list and as a result uh, he first of all tried to assault amit bhandari then him and a few of his friends tried to attack him and something un- very un- unforeseen and also something very unsavory has happened here is this alleged or uh, do do they have witnesses uh, no i think they have witnesses they okay, have witnesses cool. in okay. as much that uh, this person has been arrested along with his brother anuj dheda has been arrested and he is probably facing a lifetime ban by the looks of it from dc How old is this guy? I think he's not. He's he's early twenties, if anything, even twenty. I think. Oh, okay. It's come comes across as very very unsavory and very unfortunate for a very young man to, you know, take this route to sort of go ahead and, um, yeah, try to get his way in, and also accosting a selector when you don't make it. It it doesn't it doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence as to how people sometimes take it, right? So and I think. Uh, Gautam Gambhir and Shikhar Dhawan and Virat Kohli. I don't know Virat Kohli also tweeted, but I I heard he did. So all of these other people who are really, you know, able to uh, quickly respond and said we'll try to take, we'll try to help you. And I think Gautam Gambhir even went as far as saying I will not let this slide. I'll make sure the person responsible is held responsible. Yeah. And I'm just so, reading a tweet from somebody called G S Vivek. Uh-huh. you know this guy uh, he uh-huh. mentions that there were about 30 40 people uh, yeah. entire delhi probables who, who were there with support staff and management and yeah. this happened right in front of them the yeah. goons attacking amit pandari wow unbelievable this is <laughs> this is quite yeah. crazy it's yeah. sorry to really read these things yeah. in the paper mm. right anyway uh, yeah that was one of the last things we had to mention so just some uh, housekeeping and the trivia question for this week kiri So the trivia question for this week is who is the highest wicket taker in the cricket world cups that is in all world cups if you put together all 50 over world cups together who is the highest wicket taker in all of them this is the question so please reach out to us send us your answers uh, to amchair.cricket@gmail.com or get in touch with us on twitter at @amchaircrickpod and try to you know give us your answers or your guesses we are we are always welcome also for comments and other questions you may have for us mm-hmm. to pick up uh, if you have any comments about our way of presentation or the content we use please also let us know right yeah. so um 
as I, as we always tell you thanks a lot for your uh, listening and also try to you know popularize this pop- podcast if you like it leave us a five star rating in any platform you might listen to and maybe even apple podcast if that's the one right we have quite a lot of cricket coming up kiri so in the upcoming uh, episode i think we have at least two test matches i think to look forward to maybe the one test match for sure and maybe the other one as well and um, we have the sri lanka south africa test matches we have the one dayers between new zealand and bangladesh we have bbl that would have probably just ended psl that would just begin so a lot of cricket coming up in the upcoming week or so yeah. i think we have a lot to discuss as well in the upcoming episodes yeah. so i would always say to our listeners please stay tuned in you have a lot that you can listen to us or listen to from our episodes right i would like to say thanks a lot to all our listeners all right thanks guys thanks uh, do keep listening to us thanks ajit uh, for your time uh, and uh, for uh, having this uh, nice chat again uh, let's do it again uh, sometime soon all right then giri thank you bye 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 you're listening to the armchair cricket podcast